Hey, it's Andrea. Today, we talk about how Metamucil can be deadly. We tear down the senseless death of Tasha Yar, and we meet the new chief engineer, who's a total dick. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the TNG Podcast, the number one place in the Alpha Quadrant to geek out about all things Star Trek, the next generation. I'm your co-host, Sharice. Hey, I'm your co-host, Andrea. Sharice, today we are talking about a very special episode, and also not a very special episode. Agreed. Season 1, Episode 22, Skin of Evil. This episode was written by Hannah Louise Shearer and Joseph Stefano, directed by Joseph L. Scanlon, who we've seen before. And the star date is 41601.3. All right. I don't want to give away too much, but the Enterprise receives a distress signal from a shuttlecraft returning Deanna Troy from a conference. Man, Deanna Troy is just being sent to conferences left and right. It's season one. Anytime yeah, you want her around. She's, su- she's super important all of a sudden, and she's got to be going to all these conferences that... <laughs> To learn what exactly? What did she do? We still don't know, but we don't know. Anyway, they find that the shuttle has crashed on a desolate planet, Vagra 2. And while they can find life signs of Troy and the pilot, they're unable to beam the two to the ship. An away team beams down and discovers an animated pool of tar-like substance, a malevolent life form that calls itself Armis. Ugh. Bum, bum, bum. So actually, my, pop, my plot synopsis should have just been, so Yar dies. All right, next week, we're reviewing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just but then, on. then we'd have nothing to talk about because that would be our whole review of the show. <laughs> All right, before we get into the nitty gritty and our, and our thoughts of this episode, which you guys can already maybe get a little sense that we don't love it so much, <laughs> we've got two special guests here to help us walk through this dumpster fire of an episode. So I'm going to introduce my good friend, Chris French. Hello, Chris, and welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me, guys. Super excited. Yeah, Chris is amazing. So we've been friends for a mighty long time. He's also a Star Trek Universe super fan, having seen every episode of every Star Trek of every show. Wow. So he's going to be even more expert than your hosts here today. We also have a second special guest, Andrea. Yeah, we have returning friend of the show, physics teacher and professional bubble burster, PJ Brennan, who's hanging with us. (laughs) PJ, we're thrilled to have you on this one because there's third time back, baby. I know. I (laughs) you know what you're John Goodman of this podcast. I'm going for like the record. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to send you like your ensign pips or something because I feel like you've leveled up a little bit. I, I get promoted every time I come back. There we go. Pretty soon you're gonna be admiral. <laughs> yeah, so we can we can only have you on the show five times, I guess. <laughs> That's it. No, and then it's done. Yeah, no more levels. Yeah, so we're we're really thrilled to have both of you guys here. Um, now, PJ, we especially wanted you in this episode because you had quite the thing for Tasha Yar. Tell us about that. Ta- no, I mean Tasha Yar. Absolutely, she's this great character that we got very little time with, especially in this episode, 11 minutes. And then, you know, the little bit at the end, but uh, yeah, very brief flash. And then you kind of lose her forever. Yeah. So actually I do have some trivia about this episode. Um, Before we do the trivia, I totally forgot. Let's ask Chris French, who is your favorite TNG character? We'd love to ask all first time guests that question. Oh my gosh. I love my answer to this because Guinan is absolutely oh, my yeah. favorite. That's a good choice. Hell oh my yeah. God. Guinan is the best. Are you kidding me? Like Guinan is a, she, she comes from a species of listeners. Are you kidding me? Like 
I want her around my house like all the time. You know, Guinan is great because she's, in my opinion, she's everything that Troy should be. You know? Yes. Oh my God. Like, she's the real ship's counselor. Like when, when shit goes bad, you go to Troy like, Hey dude, I, I, I'm kind of, I fucked up. What am I doing? But then when things get really bad, you got to Guinan and then Guinan's great because Guinan just goes, so what do you think you should do? <laughs> yes. And then that's Guinan, what makes her a good therapist. That's what makes her the best therapist. God bless the casting director who went, we need a quiet, calm voice of reason. Where's Whoopi Goldberg? And like, and right. it worked. Oh my God, fully. But she's also like super badass too, you know? Like she knows how to fire a phaser and like with pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. And she is the only person that Q is like legit afraid of. Yes. I was like, damn, Guinan, where's your where is your backstory? Why don't we have like prequel Guinan stuff? I think Guinan's better without a backstory though, because she's like this mysterious figure. Mm. You never know what her past is. You never want to fill in too many details. Yeah, I guess that's true. This is just so much better than talking about this shitty episode. <laughs> like, let's just keep talking about Guinan. Welcome to the Guinan episode of this podcast. <laughs> She wasn't in this episode. (laughs) When you you said that, like, you know, Guinan's mysterious and we don't really know a lot about her and all that stuff. I'm thinking this is great segue into Armist right now because this is great. Come on, guys. (laughs) We're like, we don't care. French, we don't don't care. (laughs) Yeah, we don't get back. And that's interesting. We don't get background on Armist. Actually, we do get background on Armist, but but we don't care. We don't care at any point about anything about him. Or at least I didn't. No. But you're right with Guinan. You're kind of like, oh, she's cool. I was going to say, if they did one more slow-mo rise of Armist's <laughs> head coming out of the goop. I put that on my notes. I was done. They were in love with that special effect. They were in love with that. And I hope you did Ugh. a deep dive onto what Armis was made of. Sharice, that legit looked like tar. You know I did a deep dive. I was <laughs> yeah. like, this episode is interesting because of all the background stuff I learned. But if you don't have all the background, it's like, all right, Tasha's dead. Okay, so we're just going to wait for Picard to figure some shit out and like beam Troy and the pilot out of there. And then everybody goes home. Like, yeah. there was really no mystery, like, in like, mm-hmm. They were that there was like no, the plots. The story wasn't like that. Engaging. Exactly. It's like, I don't know what the solution is going to be, but you guys are going to figure something out. And it's going to be fine. Yeah. So I did a deep dive and there is so much on Armis and oh. like the process that went into making him. So the tar is a metric fuck ton of Metamucil with a bunch of printer ink dumped in it. What? Oh God. That can't be safe. No, it is, <laughs> it is not. not. Touch and, that stuff. It says do not touch, handle with gloves. <laughs> and let me tell you how not safe it was. So the actor who actually plays Armus, it's not just like an animated suit. They made like a headpiece for him and this kind of, you know, suit that looks, you know, like a tar monster or whatever. He had to, he had to get into this Metamucil and literally hold his breath. And they had people with timers making sure he didn't like drown because they couldn't feed like an air tube or anything. So he was literally just under there and they had a grate that like raised and lowered. And I so feel like they could have done that with a puppet. Yeah. Like a mannequin or something. Yeah. A man could have lost his life making this like very forgettable character because he wasn't even able to, there was no facial expression. No, His head moved a little bit. A little bit. It was not just, necessary. No. Any, yeah. And, and when he was talking, it just like zoomed in on like a face that wasn't moving. <laughs> and that's how you knew he was talking. 
so they had they had like a tube system that allowed him to like very quickly sort of like empty out his like breathing airway in case there's an emergency or whatever. So they had crew like standing by. Fun fact about the Metamucil and printer ink, which you're not supposed to touch, it just ate away at the soup. They used they spent four days filming all of the Arma scenes and the the um, costuming department made like two sets of the suit. And the Metamucil and printer ink was just like eating the suit right off of this poor guy's body. And so they were like, oh God, we need like to use that duplicate one. And then that one got eaten the hell up. And they went through like 10 suits in four days. And at one point they had to shoot him just from the front because the back was just like the actor. <laughs> like There was no back left to the last suit. They're like, this is all we got. And it, it wasn't like eating away at the mask for some reason, but like the suit, like the seams were just like, the whole suit was just melting apart. So that poor the union rep on that set should have gotten fired yes i know they're like here you're gonna have to submerge yourself in tar and hold your breath and then just hope that your like airway clears as you come up okay anyway what else so did that you was... find your trivia anything else so um this is an episode where you know tasha has meets her untimely end and the reason behind this is because denise crosby the actress just really hated her time on tng she felt like her storyline wasn't being like explored at all. She thought she was exactly the same as Worf, which I agree. She and Worf were just so interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she just really wanted to like get out of her contract and go pursue like other acting. Um, and that's, and that's what she did. Um, and as we get to like further on in the episode, I'll bring up a couple of things that I found, but it was really just her hating her time on the show, which is unfortunate because as the episode opens, she's having this like interaction with Worf and they're kind of talking about like, Hey, the martial arts competition's coming up. Like, can I, can we talk about that? Cause that's yes. all, like all I've been thinking about since I watched this episode is this martial arts tournament that we never see. Worf <laughs> after the funeral, it's like, can I get, can I get my money back out of the pot? <laughs> <laughs> at the, at right. the beginning of the episode, she's like, she's nervous and stuff is like, Worf's like, my money is on you. And I'm like, yeah, my money would be on her too. She grew up on a Hunger Games planet fighting rape gangs. And <laughs> yeah. I wrote down, she's worried about Lieutenant Minerly's kickboxing. Right. <laughs> and she defeated several rape gangs. And she has no scars or missing limbs, which means she beat the rape gang. <laughs> Badly. So right. I'm pretty sure she's fine. Yeah, she comes out of that like you should have seen the other guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> they're all dead now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm more I'm worried about the kickboxing. Yeah, I felt like this scene, this scene with Yar and Worf, felt like the handoff, right? Because she said, "My friend, you know, we're so similar, or whatever." And that's what Andrea's been saying from episode one. She was just like, "Why do we have these two characters? They are exactly the, they're same. the same. They react the same. They they like they're the same." And I feel like the point of that was like a little bit of a handoff to be like, hey, they're really good friends. So that way later on in the episode when Worf gets her job, we as the audience can be like, oh, but it's a good thing because they were friends instead of having like this animosity in our Mm. minds as the viewers. And also I think it was supposed to endear us to her, which for me, it didn't. I, I was just like, okay, why are we talking about this? And you're right. We never see the competition. And I think that would have been actually a more fun episode. That might have also just kind of been an attempt to to like just kind of establish that like, you know, like Worf has a connection with her. And then he was, you know, I wrote down that like, you know, Worf is pretty sweet here in this moment. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, 
you know, my money's on you. And so like, <laughs> that was a pretty that good work. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Nailed it. Um, but like, you know, I mean, I think that just kind of established a connection there, you know, mm-hmm. that she like means something to other people in the yeah. shitty way that they did it. But like, at least it's something maybe, I don't know. I'm going to go with that. I like that. <laughs> that, has to be the, that has to be the only purpose of that scene. Right. Right. So, so we have that scene, which is, is kind of sweet, kind of interesting. You're like, huh, there's going to be a martial arts competition. That'd be cool. But then that doesn't happen. So that's let down. And then we hear like, okay, um, something's gone wrong. Troy shuttles mm-hmm. crashing, whatever. And so they call, <laughs> they call main engineering and we've got a new head engineer, Leland T. Lynch. He has three names, like a freaking assassin. <laughs> okay. That bothered me. That really bothered me. And it bothered Picard too. If oh, you yeah. Oh, that. yeah. When, Picard rolls when, his eyes so oh, hard. Yeah. Oh, and my I God. was like, give me a break, chump. Like, get, you know, it's like emergency, emergency. This is Commander Deborah Z TF Zaft. <laughs> it's like, what the shit, Deborah? We right. have an emergency. Like, don't right. give me all of your credentials. Yeah, I don't care. Who cares? <laughs> Save the shuttlecraft. What's the matter with you? Read the room, dude. And then we finally get to see dilithium crystals, which I've never seen yeah, before. So I was cool. like, which apparently you could buy at any any gift shop at your local science museum. <laughs> which is nice. Who knew? Who all this time I thought it was like rare or something, but no. I did. <laughs> I did think it was funny when he's like, "We're gonna align it by hand," and he just like puts it in a tray and shuts the door. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, is that all that? Wow, that Starfleet education's really working for you, buddy. Like, <laughs> and then he's like, "We're not gonna run any safety checks. We're just gonna do it." And then he's like, "Just do it. Shut up, computer. Just yeah. do it." <laughs> I wanted to ask, does yelling at the computer make it work faster? Because he's pretty mean to the computer voice. <laughs> he's pretty mean to everything. She did what she needed to do, so. I'm guessing, yes, that that was effective. That's the turbo button of the future, yelling. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) All right, so the shuttlecraft loses control and it crash lands and it's covered with a ton of debris so they can't transport anybody out, whatever. So they they get an away team. And this is this is the thing about this episode. It's a big episode because we lose Yar, but it happens so soon in the beginning that you're just left with this kind of like, shitty episode that just sort of hangs on for like far longer than it needs to 11 minutes in it's crazy we don't have an emotional hook here right it's not like nothing happens that makes us go like oh no oh no i hope she makes it i hope she makes it oh and she did and i can't believe this there's like no like crescendo it's just kind of like all right tar monster i hear that you don't want us to pass but we're gonna pass anyways and we promise we won't hurt you dead yeah (laughs) you're just like well um uh <laughs> oh crap. Uh maybe we should beam out of here. Yeah, let's just let's just beam out of here. And then they're like they beam out and they're like, "Well, she's dead." And then they go, "Well, let's have another away team. Go ahead, go down there." Like, "Wait, <laughs> yeah. what?" Crusher bothered me so much in that moment because they tried stretching it out a little bit. And on the planet Crusher's like, "She's dead. Get her back to sick bay." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. You just said she's dead. You're a doctor. If there's something you can do, then then that she then she's not dead." She's dying. She's, she's mostly dead. dead. She's, dead. <laughs> she's mostly dead. Yes. <laughs> then say that, but Crusher's like, she's dead. And then goes to zap her brain a bunch of times. Oh, <laughs> yeah. still dead. Nope. Still dead. Uh-huh. Still dead. I actually got sad, not because Tasha died, but because. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> 
I got sad, not because the woman died. No, no, no. no. I, I got sad because I didn't get sad that no, Tasha died. Well, <laughs> okay. What made me sad was watching Beverly kind of like frantically trying to like revive her and it's mm. not working. And she like zaps her brain and Tasha kind of like jumps and then she jumps like less and less. And, and it becomes quickly apparent like that she's not going to pull through. What made me really sad, and I actually teared up for a split second, and then the shitty episode resumed, and I was like, "Ah, all right. (laughs) But I teared up a little bit because Riker and Troy and Picard were all there, like, watching Crusher, like, do everything she could to save this woman, and she still died. And I thought about, like, how many people have been in, like, hospital rooms, like, watching their loved one die, and, like, doctors are frantically trying to save them. And it's just, like, a horrible... I've been unfortunate in being in a situation like that. And it's just horrible. Like the hope, the helplessness is like so overwhelming. So that actually made me sad, like for them. Cause I was like, man, they're just watching their friend, like not pull through and like not make it. And that made me really sad. And then it was like, all right, so we're going to send another away team out of the planet. Like, I'm sorry. Did we fucking forget what happened two minutes ago? Like yeah. literally two minutes ago. And this right. is after they have this discussion in the in the ready room or whatever. What's the name of that room? The observation in, lounge. In the observation lounge. Gotcha. That they always call the ready room in that place. <laughs> where they have this discussion where they're like, all right, apparently Armis is unkillable. When we shoot him with phasers, he just absorbs the power. There's nothing we can do. We can't fight him. We can't talk to him. There's nothing we can do. And he can kill us with just the flick of his wrist. Let's go back down there. <laughs> Let's go see what he wants. I'll yeah. go. I'll go. Me too. Let me go too. I was like, wait, didn't we just establish there's nothing you can do on this planet? I feel like we need a different plan. It is the Starfleet motto. There's nothing that you can't solve by poking around a little bit. <laughs> right. Well, this to me felt like the battle where the Ferengi kept turning the machine to 10. Yes! And they I were like, my they were like, well, we'll go back down there. But this time set your phasers to level 10. <laughs> go. It's like... <laughs> I thought we just established. Okay, all right, guys. These phasers have fun. go to eleven. <laughs> I love how like Riker's continuing. He's he's trying to find out like more about this thing. Like when they first meet him, he's he has he has data. He's like, well, how does it move? And the data's like, boop, boop, boop. I do not know, sir. And then immediately after data, data says, <laughs> immediately after data says, I do not know. Riker then asks, well, what's causing it to move? <laughs> <laughs> Dana's like, dude, I just fucking told you. I don't know, bro. Like, yeah, and then he's like, Dana, asking. is he alive? And he's like, I don't know. And they, then he's like, yeah. but they did, they did the computer trick and they went, theorize. <laughs> it was like, bam, life. That was one of the, that was a moment kind of like when Troy <laughs> gives a really obvious statement, like people are feeling sad. People are feeling anxious. And you're like, sit down, Troy. This is a moment like that for Dana when it was like, is this alive? Is this thing that's moving and following us around? Is it alive? I don't know, sir. Theorize. Uh, yeah, probably. It's talking to us and it seems pissed. Did we need data for that? No. We could have all said probably. (laughs) (laughs) Now picture if you're Picard for a moment and you got your away team down there and then, you know, you see this slick and Riker's like, there appears to be a slick in front of us. Like, if I was Picard, I'd be like, what the fuck? What are you talking about? <laughs> Picard's like, what's going on? Number one. And then like Riker's, Riker's like, Riker's like, trouble. Like <laughs> that's all he says. I yeah, that's all that. he says. Like, do you wanna you wanna fucking elaborate, dude? Like everyone was getting pissed off. When they landed on the planet, Crusher was just like, just fucking jump over it. There's a little bit over it. Let's go 
the left. And then like it moves like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, Riker's like, well, see, don't jump over it. No, I, have I can't a feeling jump over That's it. not gonna work. Here's <laughs> here's something that I was like, er, pause. What am I looking at right here? It cuts to commercial and you well, it starts off like Armist starts like rising up. And then it's like the first it time to, of many. Yes, the first of like 10 million rising out of the goo moments. But it cuts to commercial and then it comes back and you you hear Picard and Riker, like he's kind of giving a report as things are happening. He's like, it looks like trouble. I don't know. We'll try to figure out as much as you can. All right. Well, I'll, I'll report back. And they're kind of having this back and forth. Meanwhile, Armis is still slowly yes. rising up. Yeah. And this reminded me of like, <laughs> this so reminded true. me of like, the Power Rangers. It takes them like five minutes to assemble. Right. Meanwhile, yeah. the bad guys are just like, yeah. like right. just waiting. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing where they're just kind of like, yeah, so he's still rising. Um, it's still just really we slowly. We don't know how long it's going to take, but I think after he's up, we can have a discussion. Uh, he's kind of rude, but but I think we can get through to him. I literally have a note in here that just says Armis is a dick. <laughs> That's what I wrote for Leland T. Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Bring back Argyle. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back Argyle. Argyle! Where are you? I bet, I have a feeling that Biff Yeager, who plays Argyle, was probably watching these subsequent, like, chief engineers, and he's like, trash, garbage, derivative. Like, do, not, do not just skim over that. His name is Biff Yeager? It sure is. That is the best name I've ever heard in my life. Well, that and one of the writers of a previous episode is Sandy Fries. And I was like, fuck yeah, let's get all the gang in here. Great names. I know. It's like a it's like a prerequisite for like working at NPR. You have to have like a kick-ass name like Cherry Glazer, you know? Like (laughs) speaking of writers, uh Armis is actually named after a Star Trek writer, Burton Armis. Really? Yeah, it was one of the writers on Star Trek. Wow. Armis. Wow, Chris did a deep dive. Wow, this is the first time we've ever had a guest do a deep dive. That's rad. I did not find that. I was just more disturbed by the fact that he's swimming around in Metamucil for four days. (laughs) Holding his breath. (laughs) With printer ink. Let me point out a part of this episode that I actually did think was really fun. Ooh, fun. Oh, you mean the death episode? Yes, of the death episode. The part that was fun of the death episode was the music. I was like, what is this soundtrack going on? If you guys go back and listen to it, it's so classic 80s. I tuned out so fast, I wasn't even paying attention. <laughs> I noticed it in the beginning, I was like, ooh, this is dramatic. It was like, da 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 I was like, oh, this is so 80s. And then it was like, Tar Monster. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> and we're still talking to Armas. 14 seconds into the episode, Tasha's dead, and it just drags on. <laughs> For an episode where this, like, that's the big thing of this episode is the death of Tasha Yar. And yeah. it happens so early. It's, I completely I forgot how early it happens. And yeah, it's me too. Me too. I thought she was, I thought she, my memory being that I haven't watched this episode in years because I hate it, is that she died like towards the end of the episode. And it was so like emotional and moving and sad. It should be the climax. It should be the climax. Yeah. And and I feel like it kind of was. And you're like, really? The, the climax is at minute <laughs> yeah. 11 and there's like 42 <laughs> minutes left of the rest of the episode. Like, what are we? That's all resolution, but it's not. It's Someone had awful. to look at their watch like, oh my God, we have so much time to fill. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I, I disagree. I, I love, okay, first of all, I, I, you guys got to know. I would, when I first saw this episode, I was 14 and stoned out of my mind. Okay. So 
I was like terrified of Armis. Okay, like this is I love this episode. All do right. You think, do you think that drugs might have had something to do with the terror? <laughs> oh hell yeah! But like, <laughs> kind of buried the lead right there. Later, <laughs> later the next day, his mom spilled a teeny tiny bit of like vegetable oil while she was cooking. He's like, clean that shit up! Clean that shit up! It's gonna get us. Dude, yeah. you don't even know. Yeah, there's in 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 every movie since then. I'm just like I see black goo on something or whatever in life. I freak out. So I have Armis is a big part of, of my of my childhood and my adulthood and how I make decisions today. So thank you, Burton Armis, writer of Star Trek. So don't try to jump over the slick in the thinnest part, like with right, heroin. But like don't just do that. here's the thing though. Like the thing that stuck out to me the most, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of really fun things we can tear down in this episode. And we have been, but having like I had a big crush on Tasha Yar. I mean, look, I'm 14 years old. You got a blonde haired beauty, just like, sure. oh my God, she's a badass. I mean, I, I had total sure. thing for it too, right? And so, and all of a sudden she's dead. And I'm the whole episode, I'm thinking, ah, okay, Star Trek, Time Warp, she's coming back, it's cool, you know, whatever. But then, you know, then reality sets in, right? And I was like, oh my God. And then I was like, just going, anything could happen. And that like all these characters that I've grown to love are now on the chopping block. You yes. know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's going on because this is the first time I've ever really seen a quote unquote main character die. And so, you know, now we see it all the time with the, you know, 24 and, you know, all these other shows out there or whatever. I mean, original series, all you had was just a bunch of, I mean, if you were a henchman, you were yeah. going to die. Right. You know, like, yeah. yeah, the red shirts. But like all of a sudden now they kill off a main character in a Star Trek universe. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? And you get 11 minutes in. I was just like, what is happening? Like this dude is for real, you know, like this Armist guy. So I was really legit, like kind of freaked out by the dude. That's actually a really good point. When I first started watching, I don't remember what season I started on. I feel like it had to be two or three or just not one. But when, <laughs> but I remember that Yar, like PJ, Yar was no longer there. And so I was just like, huh, I wonder how she leaves the show. But I never guessed dying. I always guessed, oh, she moves to another planet. She leaves Starfleet. <laughs> I don't know. And then when she dies, you're like, oh, oh, like that's kind of final. And I agree with you, Chris. When a main character dies, you're like, what is it like totally throws off your worldview. Mm -hmm. It's like no one is safe. And then it, it makes you really like nerd, like anxious watching a show when you think any of your beloved characters could die 80 minute for any reason having nothing to do with the storyline. It's kind of, yeah, it is kind of scary. I, I do think that that is actually a really great point because in real life, any one of us could die for any number of reasons at any point, right? So, have... <laughs> oh my god <laughs> to lock my door unless we get a time stone and then yeah and then you know we just reset every 15 minutes but yeah it's it feels more real life because tasha's death at armis's hand was so pointless mm -hmm. and and a lot of times death is really pointless right and we really develop such a sense of security feeling like these are our main cast of characters and we, we end up feeling like it can't happen to us. Like, oh, bad things are happening out there, but it can't happen to us. And I feel like we take that in like our show too. Where it's like, it can't happen to them. Of course, Picard right. is going to pull through. Mm -hmm. Riker gets pulled into the tar. And of course he's going to survive because they just mm -hmm. killed Tasha. Like they can't right. kill Riker too. Technically so, Riker's stunt double got pulled into the tar. He they sure did. A, did. They did a quick cut on that. Jonathan, <laughs> Fra Jonathan Frakes was not getting messy. No. <laughs> I don't even think that stunt double had the same color hair as Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> they never do, which is so fun in season one. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. He was like, I just did a seaweed mud wrap. 
crap. And I'm not getting my pores anywhere near that inkjet. <laughs> not happening. But yeah, and then actually they did take a um a cast of his face. And that's what like rose out out mm-hmm. of the goo. So I, I did read that. That was kind of funny. Which I feel like they didn't need to do either. Because no. you couldn't distinguish that face from any other. Po- it looked like a I wasn't mask. even sure it was him at first. So y- you said before that it was like Metamucil and printer ink. Was that the same thing for the guy that they pulled out of the sludge? Was that what was on him? Yeah. Yeah. That guy might be dead. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's just. But I figured at least that guy. At least that guy was seemed to be covered in like foam rubber that, that was between yeah, like him suit. and the like. They had that one crew member that they pulled out, and he was just like soaked in that stuff. I think that was actually Jonathan Frakes. They they just like soaked him in it and had him lie down. But whoever was, was that supposed pulled. to be Riker? I thought yeah, that was one that, of the other crewmen that. No, no, no that, that was Riker. Riker. That, that was, was Riker. supposed to be because Riker. he said something like, um, "I was causing too much trouble for him. That's why he had to let me go." Something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, he was yeah. troublesome. Well, meanwhile, Troy is still in the shuttle going, Ipsadi, no, right? Because she can feel like that Riker is now sucked into the goo. And can we talk for a second? Why does Armas keep going over to talk to Troy? Why? He's not really, she's, lonely. She's, she's not giving him really anything. Like she can, she is useful in this episode where she's like, oh, you're, you have a lot of loneliness and a lot of rage and a lot of whatever. And mm-hmm. Armas is like, no, I don't. You do. I'm not lonely. You are. I'm I'm bad. <laughs> I was yeah. like, all right, buddy. I know you okay. are, but what am I? Yeah. It's basically what Armas is doing. What he says, and it was one of my favorite parts of the episode, because I love when it happens. He says, I am not evil. I am the skin of evil. And I was like, ah, it's the name of the episode. Right. <laughs> Check mark on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel like it, I feel like that warranted him being like, right, guys? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Skin of evil. <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? So I thought it was I thought it was very helpful for Armis that he's so basically he's a psychopath. Right. He gets off on torturing people and seeing mm-hmm. their pain. And that's what he enjoys. And I thought, well, I guess if you're going to be trapped on a planet with anyone, a therapist is probably a good one to have. <laughs> um, OK, so maybe right. just leave Troy. Maybe she can help him work out his issues. You know, Guinan would have gotten through to him much sooner. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> so she just would have been in that shuttle pod. She just would have been like, Armis, what do you think you should do? <laughs> She would have grinched him. His heart would have grown three sizes and everything would have <laughs> grinched him. <laughs> so, okay, here's a question I had on the planet. Troy is a telepath. Why did she need the comms when they were on the planet and they were like 10 feet away from her? Well, she's not, she's not like, su- like Professor X telepath. Like she's empath, but she can, right? No, right, but she's empath. also a telepath because she talks what? to her mom telepathically and her mom is always like, why don't you do this more? And she always says, because oh, the yeah. humans don't communicate this way. So that's why I don't I don't I use my telepathic powers. Beta that. Z, yeah. the Beta Z, though. But no, because because her mom can do it with everybody, and so can Troy. Uh, she chooses not to because she wants to like respect their privacy. Because mm. Troy's defining characteristic is that when she <laughs> doesn't use her powers, things get dramatically worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just say. like, she doesn't even need the comms. She needs the comms if they're on the ship, okay? But if they're like ten feet away, she can send a thought. She could be like, "Hold on, though. Alive. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Trees. She was covered with rubble. Okay, <laughs> rubble. <laughs> that blocked and it was the telepathic powers. Well, it blocked the transporter, some rocks, so she couldn't get through. Maybe yeah. I don't know. I think it was Armus that was blocking the transporter. Yeah, like it was. Oh. That's why he kept covering it. Yeah, Armus made some kind of some kind of electrical field around her. Yeah, so his powers are very vague. 
He could do pretty much whatever the script called for at the moment. <laughs> right. I, I wrote down teleport, energy beam, telekinesis. I think those are the th- and 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 talking with no mouth. He uh, killed Yar with wind. I think. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you looked at the damage, it was grape jelly. What was that on? I, that's also in my notes. What is on her face? Yes, it was a. I called it in my notes the birthmark, the birthmark of blood, because yeah, it's just like a birthmark. Like, yes, yes, yeah. like this cute little cheek it thing. It was super cute. It was, it was gorgeous. Know, yeah, I that bothered me so much. I was like, did the makeup department shit the bed and just be like, we don't have any makeup for? Di- All they need was a Metamucil and some red printer ink. Yes. Well, you know what? I just thought, let's just go to craft services and see what they've got. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. All right. Throw a little raspberry jam on there and call it a day. Girl, you're dead. That looked like lipstick to me. That didn't. Yeah, it was lipstick. It was just like. Yeah, or or like (laughs) lip liner. And I was like, how does she have, how does she have this cute birthmark bloodstain with no actual cut? Like, right. It's not like the blood's coming out of a cut. It just made this beautiful little pattern on her face out of nothing. So nice. Yeah, I was like, I feel like that was a little, a little oversight if you're going to do a close-up on her face. He zapped all the energy from her body. Why would she even have blood on her cheek? I don't get it. <laughs> you're right. Well, PJ, you called it, though. He killed her with wind. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looked like. And um, I have to ask this question. When he was doing his teleport thing on Jordy's visor, did anybody else laugh out loud when Jordy's on his hands and knees looking for his visor? He's literally like on the ground, just going like tap, 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 tap. <laughs> but like, you know, if you lose something and you can't see, you're going to be moving your arms around. You're going to be looking for it. But he was literally like tap, tap, tap on the ground. Like, dude, it's like literally if you searched for it, like a normal person would, like it, you would find it in two seconds. It's one foot in front of you. What I liked about that scene was how Data handled it because Data was like, all right, you know what? No, you're a dick. You know, you're trying to make me help you be a dick. Yeah. I'm not playing along. All right. And the guy's right. like, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to play this game anyways. You could just have it back. Data had a very mature response he for did. how to handle this person. Right. I was like, not the visor. No. That's what I put in my notes when he took the visor. Like, uh, no. The and then the he best. did that stupid like... hide the visor game. And then it was like, <laughs> and then he's like, fine, I don't want to play. I don't want to play yeah. anyways, Data. It was just I've like, got oh. the power of a god. Now your visor's over here. Now it's over here. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, so this is a very juvenile guy. Okay, I see why you were left behind, dude. I see why you were left behind. Because nobody had time for your stupid shit. Also, if he's all powerful, why can't he just will himself off the planet? I don't know. Something. Something. I don't know. I he's I don't not know. all powerful. He can kill you with wind, but he can't get off the planet. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> That's the beauty of Armus, though, is that like, okay, here's here. I'm talking about the beauty of Armus, right? Like, the, that's the greatness of him because when you're 14 in stone, um, he is just like, you know, he has no, you know, organs. We've determined that he doesn't show up on anything. He's a total mystery, like Guinan. And, um, <laughs> but he, he has these powers. You don't know why he has these powers, anything. And he's fucking with the crew, like, for there's no reason at all like he's kind of like the joker like he just loves chaos mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but you yeah. also can't figure him out or anything which kind of makes him the first time in star trek that we've seen something that you really just can't explain i mean there's malevolent malevolent there's there's entities out there yeah that are more powerful and all this kind of stuff but this is the first time that we've really seen something that's just a total question mark other than like he's just a dick like leland t lynch <laughs> 
somewhere out there, the actor is like, don't lump me in with Armis. I'm not that bad. I'm just annoying in a crisis. <laughs> this poor guy is like, what do you have against Leland T. Lynch? Damn. Guy. <laughs> Even Picard hate. Look, Leland was like, okay, the, the crystals are back in there. Uh, Captain, you have minimum warp power. And immediately Captain's like, warp eight, Mr. Lynch. He's like, wait a minute. I said Minimum. minimum. Like, why would you say warp eight after your chief engineer just said you have minimum power immediately? Warp eight, let's go. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's, that's why, that's how you know that Picard doesn't give a fuck about Lynch or yes. his feelings. Like, yeah, he care. rolled his eyes at him and right, he's whatever. like, punch it, Chewie. <laughs> punch it, Chewie. There were no repercussions of that decision. So I was like, <laughs> Now, the next shot, the next shot is the Enterprise zipping away at warp eight with literally zero problems. And it's he like, wasn't zipping away. I noticed that, though. It was like, it did cut, in that scene, did anyone else, did it look like the Enterprise was moving slowly? It was like, just <laughs> yeah. sort of like, eh, yeah. inching yeah, along. Cruising. Yeah. Inching along at that slow warp eight speed. Yeah, right? So, so now we get this backstory. We're just going to fast forward to the yeah. end-ish. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, of this episode where we're getting the backstory of Armis, and it turns out that there were these aliens who were like us. They had a good side and a bad side, but somehow they perfected the art of removing everything awful about them. Everything toxic, everything bad, everything mean, whatever. And they personified it into Armis, this tar monster, and then they left the planet. They were like, woo, we're good now. We're just all good, all happy thoughts, sunshine and roses all day long. Uh, so we definitely don't need you. And so they See left. Yeah. So now he's like, not only is he evil, but he's also lonely. And I guess we're supposed to feel sad for him? Question mark. I don't know. But Troy is talking to him about his, about his, you know, his issues. And Worf discovers, Worf says this line where he's like, hmm. Or actually, I don't, I don't think it was Worf. I don't know. But they figure out that whenever he's on the, he's talking to Troy, his defenses are down because he's like processing his emotions, right? Yeah. Instead of suppressing them. Instead yeah. of suppressing them. And because so the little chart with no numbers on it dipped. Yep, because the right. chart because right. the because the TNG chart dipped. And yeah. um and so then they have this line where they say acknowledging his needs makes him feel vulnerable. And I just wrote in my notes, wow, that's like the story of my life. Me and Armis. <laughs> I get right? that. I totally yeah. get that. To like okay. acknowledge your needs makes you vulnerable. But yeah, so I thought I thought that was actually like a good uh, like a deep line in the middle of this like really weird string cheese episode well i see i actually i took that and i felt really bad for armis at the end because picard was like i've had enough of this i'm gonna go down there myself and i went great call picard put yourself in mortal fucking danger and <laughs> we we never know when this dude's trigger is about to be pulled so and we've already established that he's horrible and could kill all of you instantly so i think the captain should definitely go down i'm surprised <laughs> yeah. he's in wesley crusher that's who they usually send in these dangerous situations. <laughs> what they did was they put Wesley in charge of the helm, and then and then Picard like that, and they had Worf as his supervisor. I was like, um, <laughs> y'all have like an adult who could who does this job? No, okay. Didn't you all I'm- hate him like three episodes ago? <laughs> so Picard goes down there, and he's like, "Look, I'm not going to play your game anymore." Which has been which has been Captain Picard all of season one. <laughs> like something mm-hmm. sh- shitty's happening, then he goes, "That's it. I've had enough. I'm not playing your game anymore." And then the episode is over. But he starts taunting Armas because they're basically saying, "Like, get his energy level. 
like low enough so that we can transport whatever everybody to safety. But he's like, you're not going anywhere. And you're afraid that you're never going to die. And you're just going to spend all of eternity being lonely and miserable. And this poor creature is just like screaming in agony and rage. And he's like, I'm not taking you anywhere. Beams up. And I was like, damn, (laughs) this poor, horrible creature who's been like suffering and tortured for all of eternity has an opportunity to try to get the fuck out of here. And you're like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> and then they oh, blow up the shuttle just as, you know, that little bit of extra. They're like, yeah, exactly. Boom. Yes, exactly. Saying so like he can never get off the planet. And it's like, why couldn't you? I, I, I sort of see. We don't want Armas- him off the planet, Andrea. He's evil. He's the skin of evil. He's the embodiment. Which, by the way, the skin of evil, is that even a thing that makes sense? I don't understand what that even no. is supposed to mean. Look, no. it, the idioms, the, the one, like, in terms of, like, phrases that did not make sense to me, one of them was the fact that Armas kept calling Data Tin Man. And I'm like, does does he, like, that's not a, a common phrase. Right, Has right. he read The Wizard of Oz? True. It's like, that idiom wouldn't have meaning to him. Uh, there's like, there's a list of like these things uh, on the internet. One person brought up like one of them's Lord of the Rings when one of the orcs goes meats back on the menu, boys. I'm like, do orcs have menus? Is that like <laughs> some <laughs> yes. have orc restaurants? <laughs> so and then that, like as soon he calls him Tin Man like three times in the episode, I'm like, where is he getting this from? I know because he's not made of tin. Does he right. have tin on that planet? Well, he's got all these powers, right? He's you know the teleport energy beam telekinesis. He could he could he's the embodiment of evil. So maybe he's like sucking on the feelings and energy and memories of others. And I don't know. Like that's the mystery, though. You you just gotta run with it. I, I did. I did agree with you on that, Chris. I thought the same thing. Where I was like, he might be pulling from others, like internal experiences and their right. internal monologue, and like kind of just forming a language that will like make sense mm-hmm. to them. I don't know. But they end up getting they end up getting everybody off the planet and leaving this poor tortured soul screaming in agony and rage. And then they blow up the shuttlecraft. I did I, I see I kind of saw Armis as a victim of circumstance. Like you were created as basically just like a dumping ground for all negative emotions. So it is not your fault that all you're made of is like negative emotions. Like that's not your fault. And you even are expressing like, I want to leave. Like, just let me. But what he's not expressing, Andrea, is I want to change. Right. So he's like, I'm evil. I love torturing people. Like that is my biggest pleasure in life is just to torture them, to break their spirits, to murder them. Now let me off this planet so I can go around the galaxy. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, a murderer can have a sad backstory, but he still murders people. Yeah, that's yeah, the piece that's missing. He's not like, oh, but I want to leave the planet and I don't want to keep murdering people. Like, he's been very clear this whole episode. Like, I love torturing people. <laughs> like, I just, oh, that's just, that's all I need in my day, right? Like, that, I need, if, you're not, if you're not amusing me, like, I don't need you. Like, I, I have to kill you faster, right? Because at the beginning, he was saying, like, I killed Tasha too, too quickly. It wasn't enjoyable enough. And we don't yeah. want that running loose in the galaxy. So, like... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I know. mean, I guess I guess you're right. I just I just felt bad that like Picard was taunting him. I I saw it as like it's like you're taunting like a special needs child, and you're like you're never gonna get help ever. Toodles, <laughs> you know. And I was like, it wasn't taunting Damn. just a taunt? Like they needed to do that to lower the energy levels. Yeah, so it, it at least it had a purpose to it. I'm with you, Andrea. I felt bad for him too. 
I feel Thank bad. you, Chris. Yes, yeah. I'm with you. I'm on. Still, I'm in your corner. He's still. He's still on that planet. Still screaming himself <laughs> yeah, worse. Poor hey, guy. He, he almost killed Ben. All right, this other guy. <laughs> right. Let's yeah. talk about that. No one cared about Ben the whole episode. Everyone has like they get William T. Riker, John Luke Picard, Deanna Troy, Leland T. Lynch, <laughs> and Ben. I guess like we got Ben and Ben. Who I did not realize was on the ship. Yeah, they're like, we need to know if Troy's alive. And then I guess, uh, but it's Troy alive. It was just like, <laughs> but there's a whole nother person in the ship. That, that poor man was just slumped over the comms for what felt like days. It's like, right. yeah. Troy, I understand it. You look like you're kind of injured or something, but you can't try to like prop him up so his airway yeah. is clear or anything. Check on Ben. See how he's doing. Yeah, take a pulse or something. <laughs> his oh, no. face is in the glass and you're just leaving it there? All right, Troy, remind me to never go to conference <laughs> with you. Like, yeah, lean him back. Put a pillow under him. Come on. Like, <laughs> prop him up or something. Like, you don't have to be Dr. Crusher, but like get his face out of the fucking glass. Right, right. Get it out of there. You've got Dr. Crusher who's trying to cure death, and you've got Deanna Troy who won't even sit a guy up. Right. right. He's no use to me. He won't talk about his feelings. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's unconscious, Troy. Right. But she's a she's an empath. She can still know what Troy. he's dreaming about. So fast forwarding to the very end. Now we are at the funeral of Tasha Yar, oh. which I felt like was trying to be a real and French I would love to hear your thoughts about this as a 14 year old but I felt like this was trying to be like the make everybody cry scene right this was trying to be like the like so emotional and so moving and again I was like there was not enough hooks for me for this to pay off emotionally I was just like and I I wrote in my notes of course Troy could whip up some tears at the funeral the only wet eye in the house so I have some backstory on the funeral scene um Marina Sirtis, who plays Troy, was for real crying because Denise Crosby was like off camera and was like using the dialogue and was like speaking to her. And because they were friends and she was sad to see her leave the show, like she really was for real crying. Like she walked off the set and was like, (laughs) like boohoo crying. Mm -hmm. The funeral scene was shot a couple of times. Um, The first iteration was her just sort of staring straight ahead and giving her spiel. And then somebody on set was like, she needs to kind of like turn to face each person. And the director was like, that doesn't make any sense. Cause she's dead. Like how would she even know where people are right. randomly standing? Yeah. <laughs> like you don't know where people are. So, so they ended up going with the version where she like looks at each person, but the director was like, don't even ask me how she knew where people were standing. And I was like, Oh, that's <laughs> a good point. So one of the lines that she says was from you, Beverly, I've learned to strive for excellence, no matter what the personal cost. And I thought, that's akin to being like, Beverly, you have no work-life balance and you let your duty <laughs> consume you. And I really admire that about you. <laughs> I was like, no matter what the personal cost, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> I think she might've been referencing her husband dying and her still being in Starfleet. See, I didn't even remember her saying that because I tuned out so many times during that speech because it went forever. <laughs> Commander Riker, you are the best. What? Like, who wrote that? That You're was the... so bland. Yeah. That's what you say when you, like, don't know what to write on a card, you know? You're like, I don't when know this person that well. You're in high school. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was totally a yearbook thing. 
Commander Riker, you are the best. Have a great summer. Yeah. Keep in touch. What a crazy, what a crazy <laughs> wild ride it's been. <laughs> like, have fun right. in the sun and get laid in the shade. Have a great summer. Like, right. that's totally right. what she did. She just like. Absolutely. The, I did like, I did like that she kind of talked about like how Picard is like a father figure to her. Like, I did think that was kind of sweet, but, but then that was like it. And everybody just sort of walks off a little grassy hill and. By the way, they couldn't have found a hill. Like that was some that that, that was some rough green screening right there. I feel like they could have just found a hill. It was raining all week, and they couldn't. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I was like, wow, the astroturf is looking particularly neon green. <laughs> Good job, guys. That was neat, though. I do like the I do like the hologram the hologram goodbye. That's that was kind of that was neat. That was a neat piece of technology right there to be like, oh, like this is kind of like the upgrade of people leaving the video recordings or whatever that you have to get like a TV for. It was like that's actually kind of neat. Um, so that's all I have to say about this episode. The the first time I watched that episode, I mean, I was just a little kid, and I remember thinking, oh, cool, you guys have kind of solved death. Like this woman is an interactive hologram you can just go and talk to her like any time now, not like really realizing like it's just a pre-recorded message. And then it's like, okay, like every time you play, it's just going to say the same thing over and over again. But as a kid, I was like, did not understand that. I was like, Oh, cool. Like, like the pictures in Hogwarts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can just go talk to them anytime. And it's like new information each time you talk to them. But yeah, I was like, Oh, when I rewatched it yesterday, I was like, Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, but still there's the holodeck. I mean, holodeck create Tashi R for me. Let's go hang out and have beers. Like boom, done. Yeah. You yeah, know, we had a probably, whole conversation about that, about if that's yeah. like even ethical or cool to do because <laughs> right, right. it's that's weird. Yeah. That, I see, wouldn't want people recreating me in the holodeck for any reason whatsoever. We got into some weirdly moral <laughs> conversations during the holodeck episode. Yes. Well that's a that is a special we did a special offshoot episode on hollow ethics, and PJ was actually our guest, and we talked about all of that. So we will put that episode out um and we'll let you know like when that comes out, listeners, because we really dive deep into like are people having like relationships like physically with holodeck characters? Like if you're trying to mourn like a loss, like are you going to have beers with Tasha? Like when you're just missing her too much and it's like too hard to process like her death, you know, whatever. So we'll, we'll put that mm. out there you guys. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of gray area in holodeck. <laughs> um, that, that Tasha Yars scene for me when I was, you know, younger um, that I, I took that into adulthood. And as a matter of fact, every couple of years, I, I, Tasha Yar myself I do a video for uh, a bunch of people because look people die as we were talking about yeah. meaningless deaths all the time you just have heart attacks I have friends and that are no longer with us because of random crazy tragedies and all this yeah. stuff right you never know and so every couple of years I I do a Tasha Yar and uh, you know I take people off the list I add people on the list you know like <laughs> oh god why did I do a video for you you're off what do you do with all the past videos? Like, what do you? I I, I delete them and then like you know, or, or you don't just I, keep them all to no, see your I, evolution I, over no, time. No, 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 because then if someone finds it and they're like, you know, how come he removed me in the final version or whatever? You like, know, what? it's the MySpace that. equivalent to being removed off the top ten. You're like, what the <laughs> right. fuck? I thought we right. were friends. Right. So yeah, totally. No, but I totally Tasha Yar like all the my loved ones and all that stuff just in case, you know what I mean? And then I rewatch them every couple of years and I'm like, oh yeah, that's still good. It'd be interesting to chart the 
progression through those because I feel like the things that I would feel are important to leave people when I'm like 14 versus like now yes right? completely yes. different like 14 year old me would be like and I leave my ultimate spider-man comic book collection too <laughs> but I feel like you would say that now PGA now it's just a larger comic book collection. Right. <laughs> yeah right so it wouldn't be that that different Even better to leave them now right. Wow, we just went from a shitty episode to like some real what deep... A fun episode. <laughs> Let's talk more about dying. Guys, I love this episode. Um, I was riveted the whole time. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I was, I was all in, man. All in. I'm going to blame um, that on the, on the, uh, the drugs and the hormones. Yeah. Were, but were you high when you watched this episode yesterday? That's the question. Because <laughs> I would have uh, been. I'd have been like, you know what? It's No comment. <laughs> No, mostly nostalgia. Mostly nostalgia. That's really interesting. I've never thought of that. I consider myself to be immortal. Um, so <laughs> now you guys have made me really rethink my life. So well, I in, that. Thank you. In my video's defense, they're not like, you are the best. <laughs> you have changed my life. Like, it's just, they're very... Ah, Worf. Yeah, ah, Worf. What was that? Ah, Worf. What was that? Yeah, I saw that That bothered me then, and it bothers me now. <laughs> ah, Worf. Um, can I just say one quick thing about the whole uh, blowing up of the shuttle and the whole planet thing? Like, what they did at the end of this episode is so indicative of all of Star Trek episodes. And then at the, so the end of the episode, they're like, oh, well, we're going to stay away from, you know, Vargas 2 or whatever and it's like I would be comfortable on like on the other side of the planet I mean you know what I mean it's like if it's as big as earth say yeah but Armis Armis can teleport I apparently I guess I don't know if he'd be safe I I think quarantining that planet might be a good idea it's just such a 24th century technology and he nearly took out like half of them and to be fair it didn't look like that pretty of a planet I'm just saying Right. So let's just stay away from that whole planet. I don't know. Well, see, but I'm I actually, I'm with PJ on this. I don't think that it is, I don't think that the shuttle crashed just where Armis's puddle happened to be. Like, it crashed and he was like, you know, plotting his evil whatever, like halfway <laughs> around the planet. And he was like, oh, what's this? A shuttle has crashed, like, phew, and he just, like, took his little tar sledge, like, over there and, like, started causing trouble. So I think wherever you would be, he could just, like, mm-hmm. psh, just slide around to wherever you that. are. All yeah. right. I and I mean, that. it's 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 Vagra 2. Let's try Vagra 1. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Three, four. Right. I'm sure it's got oxygen and has the exact same gravity as like every yeah. other planet we've ever <laughs> right. Yeah. I feel we've like got options. I feel like this planet was the same set, and I cannot confirm this, but just by mm-hmm. visual inspection, I was like, oh, I think it's the same planet as from Hide and Q. Uh, from Hide and Q. Yep. Without the green screen yep. sky, mm-hmm. it's like well, let's try it's just a red like sky. Mars, basically, it's yeah. just like red, mm. red dust. Throw some rocks in and rocky. That's it. Add a puddle of tar, and we're good. All right. Final thoughts as we wrap up this episode with a nice little bow. Um, the little tiny bit of trivia. Um, this is not the last episode that Denise Crosby shot as Yar. They shot the episodes out of sequence. So the symbiosis episode, where those two aliens are kind of warring over the medicine, mm-hmm. and it's actually a drug. That was her final appearance, but it got slotted, you know, to like to mm-hmm. come out earlier. Did we talk about her her uh, little thing with uh, Rick Berman on Twitter recently? Did we, I think we talked about that. Yes. Camera, right. Yes. Rick Berman, like this was maybe about a year ago. He posts on Twitter a picture of a combat and he's like, 
Denise Crosby gave me that. This is uh, Tasha's com badge. Denise Crosby gave this to me on the last day of filming Skin of Evil, and I've had it on my desk ever since. And it was like, oh, it's a beautiful yeah, moment. Yeah, that's nice. Denise Crosby's like, yeah, no. One, that wasn't my last episode. Two, you came up to me after my actual last episode, took it off my costume, said you won't be needing this anymore, and then walked away. Yeah, you're so a dick, Rick. I can kind of see why she might have wanted to quit that show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we should go back through and count how many times we've called people dicks in this episode alone. <laughs> oh, totally. The official dick count. I was going to say, the dick count is quite high on this episode. So, you know, guys, if you're watching along with us, Maybe give this one a skip because it fucking sucks. No, no. <laughs> Do not listen to Unless her. Unless you are 14 years old and stoned, and stoned out of your ass. <laughs> then you know what? Let her rip. Okay. Like punch it, Chewy, because it's, it's a great time. It's a great time. Warp eight. Yes. I said minimum warp. <laughs> God damn it, Lynch. Shut up, Lynch. Wesley's in the background. Like, see, it doesn't feel so good. Like, <laughs> it hurts. Right. You know, they should have just ended the episode with beaming Lynch down to the planet. <laughs> you go figure it out, buddy. You're so like, smart. No, you don't know who I am. I'm Leland T. Lynch. <laughs> right. Leland. Go tell Armas. <laughs> Even Armas is like, I'm good. I'll be on the other side right. of the planet. Oh, man, you guys made me cry laughing. That is fantastic. <laughs> we'll just move on to the next episode. Yeah, and you might want to skip the next one, too. We'll see you in season two. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, French and PJ, thank you so much for just being on our show and for making us laugh. And this episode was a little different. It wasn't like the blow by blow, but it was so much fun just being ridiculous. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. It was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, let's let's do this again soon. <laughs> good times, everybody. Yes. So, Sharice, good news. This dumpster fire of an episode is over, but we are moving on next week to season one, episode 23, We'll Always Have Paris, which when you're grieving the loss of a senior staff member who you were close to, having an ex-girlfriend swing by is just what the doctor ordered apparently because nobody's even mm-hmm. fucking heard of Tasha Yar by next week. So, yep. <laughs> yep. That was that was my very first note on that episode was Tasha who? So, yeah, you're grieving out in this episode because we will never revisit this grief again. We'll really never mention her again. I mean, but we're one episode closer to conspiracy, which I know you love. So, whoop, whoop. <laughs> I do. I don't know if I love that episode, but I love the storyline so much. So I'm really excited about that. We're getting closer. Thank you so much, people, for being with us on this rocky (laughs) episode. And thank you, Chris. Thank you, PJ. Thank you, Andrea. As always, I love chit-chatting with you. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much for hanging with us. Bye, guys. Thanks for geeking out with us. Be sure to join the crew at thetngpodcast.com to be the first to know when we do our live shows or host events exclusively for our members. We'll see you next time.